there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies, how's it going? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Time for Coffee. If you've already thrown back the other K-Cup single servings, also known as minisodes that we dropped earlier this week, then you know we're trying something a little different. Instead of just dropping the entire episode showcasing a different professional each day, we wanted to shake things up a bit and instead share shorter snippets and highlights from one professional's interview in case you don't have time to listen to the whole thing. This week, we're featuring snippets from the interview I did recently with the director of RBG, the film about Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who became a certified celebrity a few years ago when the book Notorious RBG came out, showcasing how this 80-something, five-foot-one Jewish grandmother had actually become a stalwart defender of liberal causes on the Supreme Court, and how she was actually the legal architect of the women's movement in this country. Well, in this K-Cup single serving, we get to hear more about the film's director, Betsy West, who is an award-winning producer and a longtime journalist who worked on some of the premier news programs at CBS News and ABC News. In particular, we get to hear about what was one of Betsy's worst and best days of her professional life all rolled into one. So grab your mug and take a chug because it's time for another K-cup-sized caffeinated career conversation. Betsy, one of the questions that I try to ask everyone that I interview on Time for Coffee is to share a moment, a time in their professional life when I don't want to be overly dramatic about it, but if there was a bottom, if it was a a particularly challenging time, whether you had a terrible boss or supervisor or you got fired, I was let go, for example, from CNN when I was 43 years old after I'd been there for 14 years. It pretty much sucked. Um, You know, we've all had these moments. And I was wondering if you would share a personal story that could give Java junkies an appreciation for the fact that you will have ups and downs and you will get through it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've had a couple of doozies. Um, You know, I'm not a 20 something woman, so I have been around and and certainly uh, had some low points. I also uh, lost a job at CBS News, an executive job in uh, 2005 when I got caught up in a political quagmire involving a a story that uh, we should not have aired. And I kind of wound up being the uh, the fall guy for that. That was an extremely difficult time for me. You know, I want to talk about another time, though, because it it might resonate with people. It was um, in 1981, I think it was, the Equal Rights Amendment was uh, being considered around the country in various states. And, you know, you needed a certain number of states to ratify it. And it all came down to Illinois. And at that time, I was just a writer at uh, in the Chicago Bureau at ABC. I really wanted to be a producer. I wanted to get out in the field. And I'd gone to my uh, boss and said, 
hey, this equal rights amendment thing is really heating up and there's going to be a vote in in the uh, in Springfield and the legislature in the coming weeks. And I pitched the story and they said, OK, you can do it. So it was sort of my first big story. And I prepared a backgrounder and it wound up being for Nightline. I didn't work for Nightline at the time. So I did a background report and down we went to uh, Illinois, which uh, to the state legislature, it was a crazy day of women were lobbying for the Equal Rights Amendment and against the Equal Rights Amendment. And the women lobbying against the Equal Rights Amendment, the stop ERA women were going around the legislature, giving the men home-baked cakes and bread and cookies and saying that women belonged at home. And the pro-Equal Rights Amendment, where women were chanting and organizing, it was crazy. It came down to the vote at about six o'clock and all of a sudden they pulled the vote. And um, my correspondent and I were set up on the balcony with an edit uh, room to to feed into the evening news. And we didn't exactly know what had happened. So we called up the evening news and said that the vote had been pulled, but they were saying they were going to reintroduce it. So then uh, the CBS Evening News leads their 6.30 show with the report that the Equal Rights Amendment has died in Illinois. It's been pulled and it's never going to be reintroduced. And so we had kind of missed the story. My boss called me up about 20 minutes later, screaming like I've never been screamed at before and just telling me, he said to me, you and your correspondent are the reason why there shouldn't be an Equal Rights Amendment. Oh, he my said. God. Really, I thought I, I, yeah, it was so devastating. Uh, I was just mortified. And I just felt like this was, you know, this had been my chance and I had just blown it. It was horrible. So then about 10 minutes later, I get a phone call from the executive producer of Nightline, you know, Nightline's on at 1130. He said, okay, we're doing our whole show about the Equal Rights Amendment. Get yourself moving, That get that background piece, finish it up. Can you please get Phyllis Schlafly, who was the, in charge of the uh, anti-ERA, the, the victor in this case, get her to be on Nightline, get Eleanor Smeal, who was the head of the National Organization for Women, get her. We're going to do a live broadcast out of the, uh, the, the legislature. So I'm running around. I mean, my stomach is still in knots from what had happened before, but I really couldn't think about it. So for the next four hours, I ran around finishing the piece that I was working on, getting these two women booked and finding locations for them. And, and then we did the program, Ted Koppel leading the show with the defeat of the Equal Rights Amendment with his two guests and our backgrounder piece. And was all over it at midnight, and I get a phone call from the executive producer of Nightline telling me I'm the most wonderful producer he's ever worked with, that I am just, like, absolutely fantastic. This is the greatest. I mean, in, in the space of five hours, I went from the lowliest of the low to the highest of the high. I'll never really forget that night. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. 
I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.